0: Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: In a blind taste test of Carabao and Red Bull, the participants found that Carabao had a better flavor on the front of the palate, but Red Bull had the better aftertaste, so they rated them equally. Similar to that taste test, the Carabao Sipping Blues saw their first half lead pulled back by the Red Bull-powered RB Leipzig and ended the first leg of City's round of 16 UCL match in a 1-1 draw. It's Thursday, the 23rd of February. I'm Andrew Detmer. I'm Ollie Kirsch. And this is the City Report Podcast. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6. It's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the City Report Podcast. Like you heard, Ali and I have the distinct pleasure, misfortune um short straw of discussing the i don't know the right word ollie i'm struggling to describe what i saw because there were some things that felt all right or okay and i i got what was going on but overall it it left a a sour taste in my mouth probably not unlike a caravel. flaccid mate that's what it
2: was flaccid and placid um I don't. I'm going to say. It I'm actually going to kick off by saying it. I don't always lose sight of the bigger picture. Uh, we've we've gone away in the first leg of a Champions League tie to uh, a good, solid Rebel Leipzig side. They're doing well in the Bundesliga. I think they're only a few points off top. Uh, it's extremely competitive over there this season, and we've got a draw. Right. That's that's first and foremost. the end The end result is a draw with another 90 minutes to come and play at the Etihad. The frustration is that, for me, there's a few points, and I'm sure you want to cover them in, in more detail as we go. But number one, the very, very th- first thing that comes to my mind is we are not linking up properly with Haaland. That midfield is not servicing the man, right? Second point, clean sheets, a few and far between. Two clean sheets across the Premier League and now Champions League since the turn of the year. Um, And I feel there's a bit of passion missing, perhaps, from the lads. Uh, we didn't make any changes. That might have been planned with, with the Premier League fixture uh, coming at the weekend. We've got a fixture glut on the way. Uh, and, you know, we, our, our bench was extremely shallow today. So I think, you know, perhaps Pep's trying to save certain legs. I expect that we'll see Foden starting at the weekend. There's just a lot of negatives that are weighing down what should be a satisfactory point. Well, I say point, a satisfactory draw away at a tough place to go. That that for me is 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 pretty much where we're at. The result is okay, but th- there's a lot in there that we just can't ignore.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I I think. You covered a lot in the match, and I, I want to start with a couple of topics, at least pull us back before we dig into the match a little deeper. So, you know, when the news came out that Amirik Laporte and Kevin De Bruyne were not going to be joining the traveling squad, there were, I think, some concerns that, you know, it's come out that both of them kind of have minor illnesses. But to me, you know, if they had been available would you have played both of them in this match?
2: I'd have probably played Laporte. I think uh, I mentioned this in, uh, I think it was the Forest review, perhaps. I think De Bruyne might need a rest anyway. Uh, he, he's got to get back on track somehow. And I think we'd be on the point of he can just play through it. He might need a bit of a rest. He might even need benching just to make the point to him that he's got to improve. I'm sure he's well aware that he's got to improve. He's been around the game a long time, but... Uh, I'd have probably started Laporte, but I don't know because we, you know, we have got the rotation that we've got to keep in mind. Um, the defence on the whole was absolutely fine today. We, we we had a shaky period at the beginning of the second half. Obviously, we did concede, as I've already mentioned, we just can't keep a bastard clean sheet at the moment, which is really frustrating for such a team that that was so good at controlling games, especially when we're ahead. I'm not sure that Laporte or De Bruyne were game makers or game breakers today, whether they would have been available or not. I, I, I don't think the absence of those two was any kind of... I don't think it was consequential,
1: but I think it's other factors that are coming into play now. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, so we turn and look at the lineup, and it looks a little bit similar to what we saw at the weekend, but definitely at the same time, I think we can all say different as well um, in kind of the style that we would expect this team to play. But we all were saying in the group chat prior to kickoff that this probably is, you know, maybe City's best lineup if you put John Stones in at center back instead of a Kanji.
2: Yeah, I think we were all surprised at how ordinary the lineup was. (laughs) I think... We were expecting a vintage bit uh, of pep, pep Roulette going on, um, you know, maybe chucking in Rico Lewis, maybe going for a three at the back, or I don't even know. Even Sergi Gomez wouldn't have surprised me, but um, it wasn't to be. We went with something quite conventional, which oddly is, you know, convention is, is, is I think what a lot been a lot of us have been crying out for recently. You know, just play the four three three with the best available player in each available position. Um the 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 lineup again I don't think the lineup is a problem everything that I saw today that we might identify as a negative is on the pitch um similar to forest almost you know we said in the forest review pep coached a 5-0 win the problems were very much on the pitch I think the lineup was fine I think the way we generally set up and set out to play the game was fine you know we we, we nullified an otherwise dangerous leipzig side um I, I don't really have much to criticize or even comment in a positive manner in terms of the lineup it was a conventional lineup 4 three3 near enough uh, jack on the left Riyadh on the right 2 half, halves left back the, the it, it was very very standard um not where i think things went wrong or didn't go right tonight so yeah no nothing to say about that really um it would be nice if we have a similar shape at the weekend i would like to see us go forward with these more conventional lineups instead of some of the some of the uh, fuckery that for, for lack of a better word fuckery that we've
1: been trying recently uh, or at least over the first few months of the season Yeah, for me, it's a hard one because I think, you know, we see these matches and it feels like Pep is trying to solve something. And so I, I get the tinkering, but it also feels like the squad struggles to know where people are going to be to the level that we have over the previous few seasons where players could predict that someone was going to be there. There were multiple times tonight where it felt like someone made a dummy or made a pass expecting someone to be there. And just the person wasn't there, or wasn't arriving at the tempo that we would typically expect. And to me, I think a lot of that comes down to this team is far less familiar with each other and the way we play than at any other point other than Pep's first season.
2: And Haaland is the sensor of that discussion. Haaland is absolutely the centre of that discussion because we've gone from a system where you've got a false nine dropping in to create massive overloads in the centre of the park, giving the fullbacks the chances to, to stretch the pitch, giving the two number eights that you know, today Bernardo and Gundogan usually De Bruyne are with one of the other two to to fill in in those half spaces and then converge into the centre of the box, where as we've talked about so many times, Gundogan is so good at filling in in that striker's position. Whereas now with Haaland, there, there there is that um, unfamiliarity. But what what's baffling me is that we seem to have it right from the get go at the beginning of the season. The three balls were going in. I think Haaland's first game against West Ham, one of his goals was just a through ball clean through from De Bruyne, and it's it's like we went into the season thinking, oh my god, we've got Erling Haaland right, just sling these balls through. We you know we've got. Players that could play killer balls all over the pitch, whether it was Chancelo, whether it was De Bruyne, Gundogan, we had these players with that foresight. And then they've almost reverted to how we were last season, and we've not quite got that understanding back with him. And it's tragic. It, it is absolutely tragic because you can see Haaland making these runs. He's not. It's not like he's not trying. He's he's doing everything right off the ball. And it's just not arriving. And it's starting. I mean, it's really starting to drive me mad because I look at that team and I think, right, this is how I've thought about it the last few weeks. We've got the players that are good enough. We've got a coach that knows exactly what he's doing. It's only a matter of time until we get back to how we were at the beginning of the season. Those balls are starting to filter through to Haaland. And they're just not. I, I don't understand what is not clicking in these players' heads that... Nine out of 10 games, he's the fastest man on the pitch. Nine out of 10 games, he's the strongest man on the pitch. And nine out of 10 games, or even 10 out of 10, he's going to outsmart that centre-half and get a run in off the shoulder. Why are we passing sideways when this man is making these runs? It's really concerning to me that that hasn't clicked yet. And I don't want this frustration to be misconstrued as frustration at the result. Again, I just want to bring that back. The bigger picture, the result is okay. What we're seeing on the pitch is... Is not okay. Like it's far from okay. It is absolute, it's an absolute travesty that Erling Haaland is not being serviced properly.
1: It's awful. I, I completely agree. I think the, the match reminded me a lot of the first leg against Spurs and was that 2018, 2019? When no, it, I don't
2: know. I've probably wiped that one into the flush that down the memory <laughs> toilet or however you want to say it, but yeah, go on.
1: But it reminds me in the sense that it felt like Pep came into this match and he was going to be completely fine with if we nicked a 1-0 draw or or you know, or sorry, nicked a 1-0 win or walked away with a draw. Like he was fine with that. I don't know that I agree, but that's what it felt like based on kind of the way that we were playing in that city were set up broadly to not give away the ball, not take risks, to your point, which getting those balls to Holland is a risk. And what's frustrating to me is that when we have seen City at our best this season, it has always been when they are taking risks. And maybe they are a little more open at the back, but as you pointed out, we can't keep a clean sheet to save our life right now. And so if we know that, we should not be trying to play for tight, KG controlled games if we can't trust our defense to see us through on that and what we need to do is set up to score multiple goals and it just it did not feel like at any point we that was even entering Pep's thought which is crazy to me because you think of the 6-3 United win we just were creating chance after chance after chance what why are we not going back to that i i just i don't understand where his obsession with control and not taking risks has come from suddenly because it feels very much not like Pep Guardiola.
2: Largely it, for the league I would agree with that sentiment I, I actually do disagree with you for, for this tie I completely get why we would want the control aspects in this tie um, German Stadia you, you, we, you've got to nullify the team you've got to try and nullify the fans although the the, the bastard drums were going for 90 minutes my head's spinning from it but you, you do have to exert control over teams like Leipzig at home. For them, you've got to picture it. For them, right? They're going into this game thinking, we've got to go absolute balls to the wall here and we've got to go to the Etihad with a 1-2 or even 3-goal lead. And in the first half, we did completely and utterly nullify them. They offered nothing. And that's fine. For the, for this game, I actually don't mind that approach. But there has to be a limit to that approach and that is making the right decisions at the right time. Pass sideways all you want for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. But when that opportunity comes to send him through, mm-hmm. you've got to take it. That is the players. That is not Pep. The play- Pep has not told them. You've got to look at this at face value, right? Pep has not said to the players, hey, guys, listen, if you see Erling breaking through the back line, and making a run into twenty yards of space, don't pass, just pass side of it. There's no way he's saying that this is not, but this is the players making bad decisions on the pitch, and I feel for Harland as well because he's feeding off scraps at the moment. He, he really is, and yeah, the the, the control aspects in a game like this, completely get it. Don't mind it. The, the, there's a method to navigating our way through Champions League ties. We've become accustomed to them over the last few years. Not a problem with that. But the big moments, that they're almost invisibly big moments because they are moments that if the right decision is taken, they become a one-on-one. They become a big moment. The moment right. before the moment, if you will. I'm using the word moment a lot here, but it is. It's, it's the moment before the moment. We are not getting that right. Uh, I I don't think that's Pep. Again, I think it's the lads on the pitch. Um, Whether it is De Bruyne when he's playing, or tonight, whether it's Gundo, Bernardo, even Jack, for all the praise that he's got, he's not finding that killer ball a lot of the time. Um, I'm going to reserve any criticism for Jack, though, because he's been consistently, him and Riyad, actually, have consistently been our best players, at least since the World Cup. Um, But even then, those two... Are still getting opportunities to send the ball into the box rather than the through balls, as we did early in the season. Harlan scored headers. He scored the overhead kick from Chancelo. We're not playing those balls either at the moment. I feel for Harlan because the game's passing him by. He's looking isolated. He's feeding off scraps, and he's still working like a dog off the ball,
1: and nobody's helping him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I think you're correct when you say that City nullified them in the first half. And I can even agree a lot with your points that a lot of this probably does stem from form of players or decision-making of players. But one thing that I think is frustrating to me is that Leipzig had three big chances, the city's one big chance. All three of those big chances came in the second half. And broadly, that came because Leipzig made an adjustment to start the second half and brought in Heinrichs. And he just absolutely changed the way that Leipzig were playing. And City no longer had any semblance of control for, large. I would say, most of the second half. And it really became, when are Leipzig going to score, not if Leipzig score for me. And to me, that's where I start to look at Pep and say, you can't just sit there and watch the way that this is playing out and not make an adjustment because clearly something bad is going to happen if you don't make this adjustment. And whether it is you tell them to open up a little bit more and take risks on a counter when they do get the ball to quickly play it to Holland or you bring on someone who isn't Holland for him to give City a better chance of trying to control against what was basically an outmatched midfield at that point. Just to me, it felt like that second half was entirely on pep for not making an adjustment to what clearly was an adjustment by Leipzig. And interestingly, I just saw this. This is the first time since October 2018 in any UCL match that a side has not made any subs, which to me is just crazy.
2: Yeah, I I don't really know the reasoning for not making changes. Le- Leipzig were always going to have a period of dominance, a uh, period where they threatened, because that's the ebb and flow of almost any football game at this level. Um, <clears throat> it's impossible to completely dominate a game like this for 90 minutes. They, again, looking at it through the lens of, of Leipzig and their players, they've gone in at half-time and they're thinking, if we go into the Etihad behind, we're, we're out, we're as good as out barring a miracle at the Etihad, from their perspective. So I think Leipzig's period of of, of dominance was mostly, for me, just the ebb and flow of a tie like this. The main difference is that this time last year, I don't think we conceded in that kind of situation. Um, Was it a foul... From Guardiola on Diaz, probably not. The guy's ten feet in the air before Diaz has even jumped. So I think I think Diaz might have been asleep at the wheel there. To be honest, um, asking for a penalty there is uh, sorry, a, a foul there is desperation because it's it's just never going to be given. It, it's absolutely never going to be. Given. Yeah, hundred percent. That's um, that would be the,
1: one of the softest fouls I've ever seen. If that gets, yeah. given. Like you just can't can't call that. No, technically it's one of those. Technically in the rule book, yes, it's a
2: foul, but I mean, it's it's not really. You're never going to see that given. The change is, I don't really know what it's about. Maybe it is with half an eye on our fixture at the weekend. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty stumped, to be honest, Andrew. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the possible reasons that Pep would have had, but I... Can't really see anything, but then again, would it have been changed for the sake of change? I don't know. Um it it, it's definitely odd. I think Foden would have given us a boost if we're playing to win, but perhaps that's it. Perhaps we were just quite happy to take a 1-1 back to the SEL at that point.
1: Yeah, I think that um that's a fair way to conclude part one, and in part two, uh we're gonna think about the result in more of a holistic way, look ahead to the next leg and maybe potential changes for city to make. Welcome back to part two of the therapy session that is this edition of the City Report podcast as Ali and I attempt to fix our lowly spirits and uh, maybe this little portion will do that. So, you know, you've said it, I've said it, Uh, our good friend Adam Booker on Twitter said it that essentially this result is good, if not, just fine. It's the manner that's all the problem. But let's let's leave aside what we what we watched. One one draw. Got a second leg at the Etihad. We've got all these great players. What do you want to see from City, different in the return leg, to <laughs> advance through to um, the next round? Everything <laughs> it
2: is a therapy session. Honestly, it, it's not good for me to be coming on this podcast within 20, 30 minutes of the final whistleblowing, and here we are because uh, I normally try and take emotion out of it, but I'm just really pissed off about what I've seen, to be honest. Um, What needs to change? (laughs) Just fucking feed Harlem, man, really. like Use the guy, use what we've got. We've got the most enviable asset or at least one of the most enviable assets in world football, and we are not using him properly. Um, That's number one for what has to change. Number two is I just want to see some passion back from the players. I want to see some grit and some passion. I think Pep called it out uh, earlier in the season when Rico was taking a battering. I can't remember who we were playing. And there were accusations that the players weren't protecting him enough. Not that the lad needs protecting the kids hard as nails, but there is we seem to be missing some kind of togetherness that we've had in the past as well. um Diaz has brought a bit of it back with him onto the pitch he's He's a natural born leader, but we're certainly missing it. Um, the, our, our general approach into the games, not tactically. But up in our heads and up in the decisions that the players are making, that's what has to change. And I'm not Pep. I'm not a sports psychologist. I I don't know how we can make a lasting impact and a lasting change to these issues. But they've got to figure it out. That's what they're all paid for. Whether it's the guys on the pitch leading each other, whether it is Pep, whether it's the backroom staff, um, something has to change. Uh, But as you say, the, the result in isolation is good. But it's better if we're getting that result in a season where we are flying as we have been the last few years and we're not. A result like that becomes concerning when you can see the performances that we're turning in week in, week out, and they're not at the level that they should be. So the concern is that we head into the home leg with a similarly drab performance. And at that point, it's a coin toss. Um, We should have had a penalty in the last minute, but at the same time... If that happens at the Etihad, we shouldn't be relying on that. But at the moment, with the way we're playing, we might have to rely on a bit of luck. And that is not good for Man City in the Champions League because luck is not something that we get to enjoy in this competition.
1: Yeah, to me, I think one of the, the big changes that I would like to see made in the approach, and this is more doable in the home leg, is you know one of the things that Pep has said about Foden, of, his issue or why he maybe doesn't play as much as fans would like is that he doesn't understand how to kind of downshift in different parts of the game and focus more on control as opposed to being so direct and moving forward. But I think you can get away with being more direct and aggressive at home against this Leipzig team. And so I think Phil has to be in the side. Um, You know, we've got some time, maybe De Bruyne's kind of rested and fully in, in form again. And I think if you put those two guys in there, to go along with Holland that works. Alternatively, Alvarez, I think has been a bright spot throughout these past few weeks of the struggle that has been some of these matches. And so maybe he also offers you something and you, you know, pair him and Holland. I'm not, I'm not sure what, but what I really think we need to see is a lineup and a system that is designed to put the ball in the net, not control the match and hope that one goal is enough. Because to your point, our performance has not been so great that we can expect the results to go our way Two, in the champions league. You cannot rely on a one goal lead to get you through or, you know, to somehow get that handball at the end, which uh, apparently VAR did not check, which is hilarious. But beside the point as you made of, you can't rely on that. You can't rely on one moment of maybe it's a penalty. Maybe it's a foul. Maybe it's what like, don't, Waste this team and this season on the those small little minute hopes when you have the players and the ability to control your own destiny. And Leipzig are a great team. If they beat us, they deserve to win. But this team should not fall to Leipzig at this point in the Champions League. Over two legs, they have more than enough firepower and ability to beat them. And that's what I want to see in the next leg. And I think we saw that in the first few minutes of tonight's game, actually. Um,
2: the first five minutes, I almost did a double-take of what I was seeing on the screen because we had almost all 20 outfield players in the middle third of the pitch. That is not something we become accustomed to seeing. Teams give us a lot of respect. They sit back. They might drop the defensive line a bit deeper or the strikers might be dropping even deeper, but beyond, you know, just either parking the bus Um uh, and, and just generally trying to stretch the pitch, but the first five minutes or so, Leipzig's game plan clearly was to almost play as our own game. They were playing very high up. The, pe- the 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 midfield was incredibly condensed. And to our credit, after about ten minutes, they were sitting back. So we did um, impose our style, which I like in a sense. Because I think we've seen in the Champions League too often that we've been adapting too much to other teams and giving them too much respect. Because we are better than Leipzig, as good as they are. So we did show that. But as you say, we've got to be making it count in the final third, especially early on like that. If they are going to play us at that, again, Haaland's got 30 or 40 yards of space when they're playing that high up. Um, We have to change the intensity and the manner in which that we approach the game at home. Otherwise, as you say, we're going to be relying on moments. And I mean, I've just seen a tweet as we have been speaking, saying that VAR didn't even look at that handball in the last minute, which is absolutely insane because he's basically palmed it back to his keeper. Um, But we can't rely on that. We can't rely on that and we shouldn't rely on that. And we shouldn't have to rely on that. So we've got to see a lot of changes. yeah, listeners, I've been a lot more emotional tonight than I usually am on the pod. I usually articulate my rants quite well and without emotion, but it it, it has been incredibly frustrating and it, it caps off a frustrating period for City. And now that we're into the Champions League knockout rounds, it means it is the business end of the season. We, in a sense, are lucky to still be in three competitions, in a sense, but we 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 are... I still back us to win the league. I'm going to stand by that, but we are going to be trophyless if we do not change pretty quickly um, how we're
1: approaching every game. I completely agree with you. I think that this team has the potential still to win all three of those competitions, but we also have the competition to not win a single one of them. Um, And I don't know that that is something I would have said about this city team over the past five years at any other point. Um, And so it'll be interesting, but I'm still optimistic. We have some of the best players in the world. We have the best manager in the world and they're going to figure this out. And so despite the rather dour tone of this podcast um, in relation (laughs) to that match, we've got an away leg to look forward to. We got lots of other good matches coming ahead and we've got a great team to support.
2: Can I end this on a positive? Absolutely. And I did this. I think it was the Forest review. I said the exact same thing, and I'm going to say it again. Jack Grealish, it is a damn shame that all of those people that relentlessly battered the guy last season aren't as vocal about how wonderful he's been this season. Again, tonight, he was a bright spark. He has been a beacon of quality and consistency for City this season. And even when the lads aren't doing well, he's plugging away, doing what he's doing. He's full of confidence, and in lieu of De Bruyne turning up, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to turn up over the rest of the season, I hope Jack can take it to the next level. Maybe even see him in that number eight position, and do something to drag us to at least some silverware. But he—he's another—he's a positive that we have to keep mentioning because he took his fair share of beatings last season,
1: and he deserves plaudits this one. I absolutely agree. And speaking of things that deserve plaudits, if you think we deserve plaudits, please go ahead and uh, send us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. Follow us all across social media everywhere at City Report Pod. I've been Andrew Detmer. He's been Ali Kirsch. and, And we say farewell.